0: You are listening to Pandemic Poetry. My name is Sylvia Cantón-Rondoni, and I'm your host at Buroni Radio Station. This week we are reading Credos by poet Anne Casey. After a chat about the poem, we will introduce the poetry collection where this poem was included in, Where the Lost Things Go, published by Salmon Poetry. Our reading this week is Credos by poet Anne Casey. Content Warning. Please note the following poem contains superstition and religious themes.
1: Credos. A penny in a new purse, that it may never be empty. The child of Prague left out all night to bring a dry day for the first Holy Communion. Never pick a flower from a fairy fort. It will bring down a curse. Never speak ill of the dead. No matter how wicked they were, God rest their immortal soul. A spit on the hand to seal the deal. A prayer to Saint Anthony to find something lost. To Saint Jude in the case of lost hope. Novena's on your knees if there's no hope at all. Because miracles can happen. Just look at Auntie Marie's neighbor's first cousin. Never open an umbrella in the house. It will stunt your growth. Eat your crusts, they'll make your hair curl or straight if it's curly. Don't make that face. If the wind turns, you'll be stuck with it. Red and green should never be seen. Never wear shiny shoes with a skirt. Only eat pork if there's an R in the month. Don't change a clout till May is out. Waste not, want not. Never gift a knife to a friend. It will cut your ties. If a coal falls from the fire, a stranger is coming. Don't believe everything you hear. Seeing is believing. The rules we lived by before we had internet or mobile phones or colour TV. Before we knew, for better or worse, that no matter how complicated it might have seemed, life would never be that simple ever again. Because the wind did turn, leaving us to face the ugliness, and the rain came down, the wicked were blessed, hope was lost, our growth stunted, our hair curled and uncurled as colors clashed and on reflection, a strange underbelly was revealed. We consumed in excess when we knew it was wrong, changing everything, piling wasteful want onto wanton waste. Knives out, ties cut, sparks flew, strangers fell as we followed the herd, so too much believed too well. So I am turning back to times past when all was lost and my novena is this, today, just for today. Let everyone in the world, in the whole wide world, wake with eyes colored only by love, with hands and minds able only to be kind, because miracles can happen still.
0: In the second segment of Pandemic Poetry, we will focus on the book where Credos was published Anne Casey's poetry collection, Where the Lost Things Go, published by Salmon Poetry. In 2017. I was wondering, Anne, if you could share with the listeners how the collection came together.
1: Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so so this poetry, this collection was my first collection. um, And it it really was inspired by um, the first poem that was published from this collection was my first poem to be published as an adult. And it was published in the Irish Times, which was, you know, an amazing place to start. Um, But what I wasn't prepared for was the response that 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 poem um, created. I got, it sort of went a bit viral. It's a poem called The Draper, and I wrote it to my mother. Um, And I basically had returned to poetry after about 20 years of of not writing um, poetry, because, you know, it was my way of processing my grief over my mother's death. Um, And so that poem, The Draper, after it was published in the Irish Times, I had responses from all over the world. Um, And it it taught me in the most profound way how poetry connects from one human heart to another, regardless of distance, culture, you know, nationality, it crosses all boundaries And, and, it I suppose, you know, um, caused me to think about what I might do. Um, and so I, I became quite prolific in the time following the publishing of, of that poem and was uh, my real desire was to capture the things that I saw as that we were losing. So parts of, my growing up in the west of Ireland, um, the the beauty of that community that I talked to you about, um, which was changing. And every time I went back there, um, I'm, you know, been living in Australia for 27 years. And I've until this pandemic, I was going home every Uh, year I was you know and and through my work also I was very very fortunate to be able to go back to Ireland quite a bit Um, so I've remained extremely connected there my family is still there but every time I went back I noticed changes and so this book was a lot about capturing the things that we were losing in that small community and the people that I was losing and the things that I really valued. But it also broadened out into things that we were losing in the world also. Um, You know, there are some, you know, humanitarian poems in there and some poems about media and a couple of little instances of maybe political stuff (laughs) Um, because, you know, there was a certain politician in America who was, Inaugurated in 2016, um, which had caused you know uh, me to consider what we were losing through through his appointment as well. Um, so that's what where the lost things was trying to capture, um, and it was public. How it came about, it's being published was was quite amazing. Um, I. Had always admired the work of Jessie Lendenny, who's an amazing powerhouse in, in Ireland in, in the poetry world. Um, she was recently um, commended by the President of Ireland for her work um, in literature in Ireland over the past 40 years. So Salmon is celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. And Jessie um, Lendenny has basically spent the last 40 years supporting marginalized voices and particularly women and working class voices and voices like mine from small rural communities who who may not have had the opportunity to be published if she hadn't taken us up. Um, And um, so I'd always admired Jessie. And on one of my trips home, I um, asked her to meet me. I sent her a manuscript, met her, thinking she'll think about, you know, you know, I was very nervous going into the meeting and I was thinking, you know, I hope she'll think about me for, for the future, you know, and uh, Jessie was extraordinary. She cried and responded to my work in a way that I really hadn't experienced before. And um, then she took me up to her office and she printed out a contract and offered me a book publishing contract. And, I I think I walked on air for a year after that. I had completely never expected that to happen just like that. I had sent her about 15 poems from the book. She said, we'll publish you in a year if you can get a book together in that time. I said, absolutely. Went into a frenzy, a fugue state of writing. And so that's where where The Lost Things um, Go came from. And I will never, ever, ever forget Jessie for that, for that opportunity she gave me, for believing in me. Um, and as she has done with my my other two books that she's published, uh, which have come out since,
0: we were mentioning about this before. There is such a um, connection and such a powerful, like you know, how poetry moves the world around us and how something we write it on experience and we put it run to the page and just it, it creates like ripple waves across like I had a very similar um, experience myself with my poetry collection that was um, published earlier this year and my publisher yeah it, it, it was just it was just one of those things that you're like it's not going to happen but I'm just going to do it and and see what happens and suddenly everything starts lining up and you're like oh okay this is this is something here going on you know um but I I absolutely relate um to your experience yeah more more than you know
1: yeah well I mean I can see it in your work too your stunning book is just so you know full of heart and and bravery, I, I have to say, you know, it's a very brave, beautiful book you've put together. And I see, you know, how poetry has impacted you and allowed you to do that. Um, and, and I think it's a great gift of poetry that it gives us that opportunity to, to do that, to be so honest in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I think that's what people connect with when mm-hmm. they read the poem. It's the vulnerability. And it's the, the, you know, the human connection. That's certainly, you know, what I've heard in people reading Where the Lost Things Go is that, you know, people see the truth in it, but they relate to it. it. And I think it makes them feel recognized for their experiences. Um, And particularly with Where the Lost Things Go, I was writing about being an immigrant and about the difficult parts As well as the beautiful parts of that, um, and about how how much we lose in a way. And um, I think, you know, a lot of the responses I got were people saying, yes, we chose to emigrate, but what you gave us was permission to say, yeah, there's really some difficult parts of that. And, yes, we chose to emigrate, and we feel sometimes we don't have the right to complain because that was our decision. But you've given us permission to say it's not all roses. It's yeah, not yeah. all the new country being wonderful. There's so much you lose because mm-hmm. of that decision too that you could never have anticipated.
0: Yeah, and in a way, almost like your title, when the lost things go... and they they take us we lose all those things but they take us to a place where new things are found and we find ourselves dealing with our grief and we find ourselves connecting with people in ways that we didn't think even possible before yeah. we deal with a lot of the things we need to deal with yeah and, and, and that's yeah this is one of the things again we were talking about on, on that that actually leads me really well to my next question you have published three poetry collections in an interval of uh, two years in between so we have where the last things go which is the, the book that we're talking about 2017 out of empty caps in 2019 and the latest which was this year the light we cannot see would you say there is some sort of a connection with them? I mean, not just in terms of themes, but like, would you say perhaps there is a progression with them?
1: Oh, there's absolutely, definitely a progression. There's um, My work has definitely changed um, in ways between these collections. Um, but I would say that the heart and soul remains the same. And I would also say that, Although each book has a different theme, this the core of all of the books is very similar because I always write on the same things because I write about the things that are in my heart all the time and that are of such importance to me. So my themes are very much around family and uh, death and loss. Okay, I will admit I might have a slight <laughs> preoccupation with death. I have a love of death in a way, in, term, in the sense that I will never let go of the people I love to have died. Mm-hmm. They will always be in my heart. And I feel in writing about them, I'm not writing about death so much as love. Um, so in that sense, there'll always be death <laughs> in my work, always, because I'll never let go of them. The other themes, you know, absolutely family, but women's issues are very strong across all of my collections. Um, I, I do celebrate the women in my life who've had profound impacts, and particularly my mother. Um, uh, Eco poetry is very, very strong, and and my this newest collection, The Light We Cannot See, is very much centered around eco-poetry and COVID Um, and um, women's issues, women's rights and humanitarian rights. I guess those are all themes that run across all three books and and will always remain in my work. Mm. No,
0: absolutely. (sighs) Sorry, in terms of the
1: progression, I guess what I would say is that, you know, I do tend now more or, or, through the second and third collections, there's probably more experimental work. So you'll find there's different forms coming out on the pages. There's more breath through the poems, I think. Um, I'm not in such a rush to get the poem out to you. I want you to feel and and absorb it and, and breathe it with me as we go through the poem. Um, yeah. And the language is very similar, I think, because... The, the language comes from a lyricism that comes from my accent and my origins in the West of Ireland. And I think that's really a very core vein that will always be in my work.
0: Certainly. And um, just taking that little tangent on the women's issues that you we were mentioning, uh, I would like our listeners to know as well that Al-Anne, besides being a poet of um, has published three poetry collections. She's also worked as a business journalist, writer, magazine editor, media communications director, and legal author. On top of all of that and more, and is also the vice president of Voices of Women Incorporated, non for profit literary and performance arts initiative. And I, I would just like to connect that with what you were mentioning about women's issues, and perhaps you can tell us a bit more about the work that, that you, you do in, in this not, not-for-profit?
1: Um, So that is the brainchild of the amazing Leanne Clark, Um, She's an extraordinary, extraordinary woman um, who's been involved in media communications and in the publishing industry for her whole career. Um, And so Leanne came up with this idea that, well, it's a truth really that, you know, women's voices are underrepresented and particularly uh, marginalized women's voices are underrepresented in publishing and in getting out there into the world. And so she came up with this absolutely beautiful and brilliant idea to have, uh, to invite women, non-writers even, but writers also, um, to voice their worlds uh, in short pieces that would then be read by professional actors and performers um, and to create a show from that, um, which, you know, the first set of shows were run in an art gallery and now she she uses whatever spaces are available, like art galleries. She's been filming them. You know, um, Leanne's had to pivot very quickly in the time of COVID to make those shows available online. Um, she's going to arts festivals, but the most important aspect of it is that she's, she's drawing out voices that would never be heard. A little bit like my hero, Jessie Landeny in the West of Ireland, you know, Leanne is doing this amazing thing. And because of that, we are seeing and feeling stories from women that would not surface without that support. Um, so, yes, it's been wonderful to have been able to be involved with that. And I look forward to continuing to see how she strives and thrives with that um she's been able to avail of some arts funding which is really good to see and i i hope that that continues i know she's got great plans for the future and you can find if you look up um, voices of women you can find leanne's wonderful program Mm -hmm.
0: on there you're referring to the podcast because i was about to mention that as well i noticed they have a podcast where they do short stories i believe
1: and there's a, a website where you can access but everything about yeah voices yeah. of women on there.
0: Perfect. Well, that was wonderful, Anne. Thank you so much. I would like to thank our poet, Anne Casey, for taking the time to be here with us today. You can find Anne's poem in, in her poetry collection that I cannot see. All of Anne's books have been published, but some on poetry. So you can find those online. She's also on Twitter and um and she is on lockdown as well as we are (laughs) you have been listening to pandemic poetry my name is sylvia canton rondoni and i've been your host at Boroni radio station tune in next week to discover new poetry and poets for your new normal